Good afternoon. It's funny, somebody already came up and said they were going to take that suggestion to sleep and start right now. I know this is your afternoon nap time, many of you. Thank you for being back today. I know that that is uh, something that uh, uh, many times you may get to do, but thank you for being here as we come together to worship. As we think about this weekend, again, I want to ask you to pray for our elders and for our ministers as we come together Friday night and Saturday morning for our leadership and vision retreat. I believe that uh, uh, God works through prayer, and as we pray about this this week, I think it'll be a blessing as we want to continue to do things to reach the lost people of this community and the world over, and we want to strengthen each one of us to walk more closely with God, and uh, please be praying about that. Today is our family day. I know that many uh, have signed up this afternoon. I think over 200 or so or about that are signed up to be participating in some type of activity today. And thank you for being a part of that. But first of all, thank you for worshiping. One of the greatest privileges we have, and I think some of the greatest power, comes through God's people worshiping together. To come in every week and see that we are not alone, that there are other people who, who have the same beliefs, have the same faith, who are trying to do the same things, who are willing to share their struggles and also share their joys. And we get to come together and we get to tell God of his greatness through singing. We get to hear him speak as we read God's word. We, we are able to, to speak to him through prayer and, and also able to share and be reminded of how much he's blessed us as we give back. Our family day as we have is beginning with worship, and I think that's important. This morning, we talked about and started talking about the ark. And we talked about what a, and just when you look at it, it's just overwhelming and, and sort of awe-inspiring to see the work that would have had to go into that. And think about why did he build the ark. And, and when it comes back to it, the Bible tells us that we don't have to surmise, we don't have to sit around and, and guess. It tells us that he built the ark for the saving of his family. And that's exactly what the ark did. When the rains came and the flood water started rising, Noah, his wife, Shemham and Japheth and their wives all got on the ark. God closed the door. And after the 40 days and 40 nights of rain, after the waters had subsided substantially, after a long time after that, after they subsided down, what happens? They come out of the ark, having been saved from destruction. The only living humans to make it through the, 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 the flood were them. Why? Because of the faith of one man. This morning what we talked about was he was saving his family and when we look and realize that Noah's faith could do what? Noah's faith had the ability to impact his children so that they were willing to follow him onto the ark and they were able to be saved. And when we think about this, parents, you know, would your children follow you on the ark? And that's something to think about. We, we shared and went through and said that I, I don't want this to be a time where, where people beat themselves up because what seems to happen is I think some people quit. If you talk to uh, family court judges, they'll tell you there's a lot of parents who just like, huh, I don't know, it's where we are. And sometimes family court judges have to remind the parents that, hey, you're not done parenting yet. They're still yours. 
there's still years, and, and, and you might be shocked at hear, to hear how early many parents are willing to say, I just don't know. But as we went through this morning, we realized what? When we look at God's word, we should be encouraged and empowered to know what? To know that you have an influence on if your children remain faithful to God. You can't control it. We can't control anyone else. That whole free will thing has to do. We, 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 we're able to choose God, but you have a great influence on whether your children choose to be faithful for their life or not. Just thinking about that fact that nothing else in comparison in this world has the same influence as you do. Not their friends, not where they go to school, not their, not their intelligence level, none of those things have a greater impact than you do on the faithfulness of your children. What we did was we looked through the, the faith of Noah and what were some things that we can sort of deduce from Scripture to see what was it that he did. I think, first of all, we said he had an obvious faith. Living during one of the most evil times in the world, what happened? He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found favor. God looked down and saw that he had an obvious faith. And if God can see it, guess what? Your children can see it too. Why? Because his life was different. Why? Because it says that he was a righteous man. That's the first time in Scripture it's ever been said. Also, not only is he a righteous man, he was blameless. He was also somebody who walked with God. And to think about his power and his ability, and, and was he some, some gifted speaker? We're not told that. What we're told is that he built a boat. He did what God has said, but he lived a life of faith, and that faith rubbed off on his children. Secondly, he had a living faith. His faith was alive. It was not just something that was spoken. It was something that was lived out in his life, and the evidence of that was the big boat in his backyard. As I said this morning, every time that he swung a hammer, every time he, he cut down trees or whatever he did for this to happen, every time he did that, he was showing his family and the world that he believed God existed and that what God says matters. Every time. Third, we, we said that his faith was not, was consistent, not just circumstantial. He, he was who he was. And his faith made a difference. And I encouraged us not to have a faith uh, that, that is only faith sometimes, that it is consistent through our lives. His life was a living sacrifice. Let's keep moving through. We have a couple more things and we'll finish this up. His faith was an obedient faith. True faith is obedient faith. I think one of the interesting things about Noah is that Noah was given some exact specifications on what to build the ark and how to build it and what kind of wood. Not only that, you know, at verse 15 when we look through as is, is Noah's being talked to in the book of Genesis, he's told the dimensions of the ark that it'll be 300 cubits by 50 cubits by 30 cubits. He, he's told them what materials to use, go for wood, to be covered with pitch, how many floors, how many windows, where exactly the window would go, one cubit from the top, Again, the number of doors, the location of the door, and who was going to be in there. He said, here's who's going to be in there. You, your wife, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, their wives, 
two of every kind of animal and seven pairs of all those clean animals. That's, that's what he's told. And what does the Bible say about Noah? God has told Noah to do this. Noah 6, verse 22, and also chapter 7, verse 5. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. What a great thing to say about someone. What a great compliment to say, Noah did all of what God commanded him. Would you have been tempted to cut corners on a 100-year building project? Would you have been tempted? I think all of us would have been. Does it have to be exact? Are we just sort of rough estimating here? Or, or would you say, okay, God has told me this, and I want to make sure that I follow what he has said. You know how we know he did what he said? Two things. One, the Bible says he did. Two, the ark floated. You know, things lived in heart. If not, it wouldn't have made it. We see that he was someone who was willing to be obedient to what God has said. And, and I know... As a child, and my mom is here today, I'm thankful she's here, because I said so is not one of the most popular answers. Would you all agree? As a kid, did you like hearing that? No, you don't like hearing that. Um, as an adult, you might like saying it more than hearing it. I think that might be the case, but we don't like hearing that. I think it's very important as we want to encourage and influence our young people to follow God that it's not just because I said so. If God said it, it's because he said so. And not only that, to show them where. To show them where, to be able to say, hey, this is what God has said, and I want to try to base what I'm trying to do on what he has told me, and I want to share that with you. Realizing God's word is what? God's word is something that blesses lives, it is something that is relevant to our lives and where we live and helping our children to see that God's word is relevant to where we live today and to bless us and has the best instructions for us. Finally, I, I think what's, what I, when I look at Noah, he had a worshiping faith. His faith involved worship and Genesis 8.15 says this, Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark. You and your wife and your sons and their wives bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground. And then Noah built an altar, and the Lord said, Taking some of the clean animals to sacrifice and the birds, he sacrificed the burnt offerings on it, and the Lord spelled a pleasing aroma. What would you have been tempted to do after you came out of the ark? I, I laugh. I, uh, at West Kentucky Youth Camp during the teen week, they have a Bible bowl every year. And every child participates in Bible bowl, every, every one of them. And one of the questions uh, that is on the questions every year is what is the first thing Noah did when he stepped out of the ark? Can I tell you, it's pretty funny to hear the answers if they don't know that get made up. My favorite answer ever was stepped in a puddle. Okay? Because yeah. he didn't know, but that's, that's a pretty good deduction. Okay? That was not right. What he did was 
made an altar and worshiped God. Wouldn't you have been tempted to be like, hey, look at the boat I made. Look how great of a boat captain I am, even though there's no steering in it. You know, we managed to, to land on this high place. Look at all my engineering. Look at that, I, that it was able to not leak water. Look that it was able to withstand the storm. Look at how great a servant I am. That is not what he did. He worshiped God. He worshiped God. Parents, you will make a difference in your children's life. Let them see you worship. Let them see you worship God. Not, not just attending, and we want you here every opportunity you can be here. And I think that is important to see that as a priority in your life. But let them see you in your life be a life of worship to God. Why? Because we worship only those things that we believe to be above us. And when we worship God, we are signifying that he is God and we are not. Let them see you worship and include them in that worship. What did he do? He praised God for his salvation and for his family's salvation. He was told to build an ark for the saving of his family. He built an ark and his family was saved. Can you imagine coming out and thanking God for not only keeping the promise to him, but the promise about his family? It's amazing. The, the story of Noah is just a very interesting story, and, and uh, there's a lot to it. It's amazing what Hollywood tries to do to it. But when we look at the story, what we see is, I've heard people ask, how good a preacher was Noah? How good of a preacher, no typo, my bad, how, how, how good of a preacher was Noah? Well, he preached about 100 years, and he only saved eight souls, his included. Can I tell you that uh, if, a, if, a pre if a church had a preacher for a lot less time than that, and there were that many saved, he'd be fired. Well, the great thing is, in most churches, they'd be fired for that number of that, but the question still remains. When you think about that, how good of a preacher was Noah, the, the, the pro proper response at times is another question. Have you saved your family yet? Because that's what he did. His preaching, his life, his living and his example, his life and example made it so that his children would get on that ark. We don't have a ton of details. I don't know everything about him. don't know uh, a whole lot about him at all, but I know this. I know that God told him to do something for the saving of his family, and he did it, and his family was saved, and his children trusted him enough to follow in his steps. Noah's faith impacted his children and led to their salvation. I want you to know today that so can yours. We're to have a living faith. And if our faith is a faith that is obvious, that it stands out to be different from the world, it is living and active, it is something that is consistent, it is obedient to God and worshiping, it will have an impact for good. Parents, today you make a difference, a huge difference in the faith of your children. Remember always, God is for you. God wants your children to be saved. The question is today, are you living in a way and leading in a way that leads your children 
to get on the ark. Today would be a great opportunity for you to become a Christian. If you're not one to take this opportunity today and be baptized for mission of your sins, it would be a great blessing. And not only that, it would be one of the things that, that changes everything for the rest of your life. For today, you may want us to pray for you, and we would love the opportunity to pray for you. Pray that you have strength. Pray that you have courage. Pray that to comfort you in sorrow, whatever it is, we would love to do that. If we can help you to walk more closely with God,